Welcome to the Dr. Judd Podcast. This is Dr. Judd. I'm Dr. Judd Brewer, addiction psychiatrist and neuroscientist specializing in anxiety and habit change. Last week, I talked about how anxiety combined with social contagion can lead to panic. Today, I'm going to zoom in on why we panic and what we can do about it. Over the weekend, I saw and heard about a lot of panic buying at the grocery stores. At my local grocery, there was a run on a number of items, including vitamin C and milk. Unlike toilet paper, milk has an expiration date. You can hoard it, but not only will you deprive others of getting it, you'll eventually have to throw it out when it goes bad. This is not our thinking minds at work. So what's going on? Here's the science. I mentioned last week that we have an old brain that's focused on survival and a new brain that's focused on thinking and planning. To plan, we need information, and a lack of information causes anxiety that can then spiral into panic. The dictionary definition of panic is this, sudden, uncontrollable fear or anxiety, often causing wildly unthinking behavior. In everyday life, we use phrases like blind panic because we're not seeing clearly. That lack of clear seeing is our thinking brain shutting down, leaving it up to our survival brain to save us. What leads to sudden, uncontrollable anxiety? Well, our brains plan for the future based on previous experience. If we're in a tough situation, we can take a few deep breaths to calm ourselves down and get our thinking brain back online. And then we can remember back to what we did the last time something like this happened. And if we don't have previous experience, we can rely on the wisdom of our friends, our family members, and coworkers. For example, if you're really late on getting a project done and you start spiraling out into panic, a coworker might come along and talk you down off the ledge. They can do this by saying, don't worry, I've been in the same spot you are now. I did X, Y, and Z, and everything turned out fine. They give you a short pep talk, and before you know it, your prefrontal cortex is back online, and you're back to working on your project. And in the absence of your own previous experience to simulate what to do, you can plug in their previous experience as an okay substitute to get your brain chugging again. Today, the coronavirus pandemic is unique because the last time we had a pandemic was over 100 years ago. None of us were alive at the time, so there's no one with experience who can talk us down off the ledge. When someone sees us hyperventilating and freaking out at the grocery store, they can't say, son, back when in 1918, when I was knee high to a cornstalk and we didn't even know what Purell or DNA was, we made it through the Spanish flu, don't worry. There's nothing like the wisdom of having survived something to inspire confidence and help us de-escalate. So we can't call on our relatives or bump into a neighbor at the grocery store and have them calm us down with their wise words of having been there. None of us have been there. When our brains can't simulate based on our prior experience or someone else's, our brains get a bit stuck and they start ramping up our anxiety levels. At this point, we're really close to tipping into panic and we're really susceptible to suggestion. Here's where herd mentality comes in. Also known as pack or mob mentality, herd mentality is when we are influenced by our peers to adopt certain behaviors based on emotion rather than reason. When we're panicking, our prefrontal cortices go offline. We follow the herd and we do what everyone else does in the moment rather than acting rationally and deliberately. If someone's buying up all the toilet paper or milk in the store, we follow suit. This is exacerbated by scarcity mindset. This is a very basic survival instinct, a fear of not having enough. 
when we see a run on milk at the grocery store, that scarcity mode kicks in. And when we see others buying up all the milk, we follow suit, not realizing that we can't possibly drink five gallons of milk before it goes bad. So what can you do today? Well, it's really important to cement four ideas in your brain while you're in the position to think and take in new information right now. One, know that panic is never helpful. When you panic, you can't think. Two, when you panic, you're the perfect viral vector for spreading more panic and causing others to panic. Don't be that guy who goes early to the grocery store and buys all the milk. Please don't. Three, if someone's panicking, don't try to talk them down rationally right in that moment because they can't take in rational information. Meet them on an emotional level. Help them take some deep breaths or ground their awareness in their feet with things like, okay, do this with me. Let's breathe into the count of four. Hold it to the count of four and breathe out to the count of four. Or let's feel our feet together. Are your feet warm or are they cold? Are they sweaty? Are they dry? Even though we've never been through a pandemic before, our brains are set up to mimic each other. So if you're able to model being calm and grounded, their brain is more likely to come along with you. And the practice won't hurt you either. Finally, remember that we do know a heck of a lot more now about viruses and contagion than we did 100 years ago. Trust the scientists when they say to stay home. Don't go out in public unless you absolutely have to. Let's end with one of my favorite characters from childhood, Winnie the Pooh. Where are we going? asked Piglet. Home, Piglet, said Pooh. We're going home because that's the best thing to do right now. So stay home, stay calm, stay grounded, and help those around you not panic. Onward, together. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please don't forget to subscribe to receive future episodes and please share this with friends or loved ones who might find the content helpful. To learn more about mindfulness and habit change, visit drjud.com. See you next time.